Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Every Friday, we upload a new podcast uh, to try to encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, it's amazing to me uh, as I look back in my life, and, and I know that you probably have testimonies like this, but I look back in my life and it is just amazing to see God's provision. And uh, it's amazing to look back and say, why, why did I ever doubt God? Why did I ever think that he would not provide? Why did I ever think that he would not come through? Uh, you know, there's, there's times when you look back and you see valley after valley after valley. And at the time, uh, it seemed like the walls of that valley were too high to crawl out of. Uh, but I'm telling you what, as I look back over my life, it is amazing, amazing to see how God has worked and God has provided and God has met the needs and God has kept us uh, through all kinds of situations to bring us to where we are today. And uh, it's no different uh, as, as I look and see what God has is doing in my life personally in the life of our family. And, uh, you know, there are times uh, our, our support is uh, brought in by uh, churches that uh, faithfully through missions giving uh, support our ministry over here. And, and because of that, uh, though the, our churches live by faith, and so they give by faith, and we receive uh, by faith, believing that uh, God is going to give us each month uh, exactly what we need to be able to do the work of the ministry as well as take care of our family. And uh, and so every month that passes by, we do not know what is going to be there. And, and so for sure, we can very much uh, identify uh, with what Paul said in the book of Ephesians, he's, or in the book of Philippians. He says, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Uh, there are good months and there are not so good months. And uh, in all of those things, we have to learn to trust the Lord. And in all of those areas, we have to see God uh, provide in his way. And uh, what a blessing that is. And uh, recently, you know, in our in our personal lives, and again, I'm just uh, giving you a testimony here. It's not complaining at all. Uh, but the fact of the matter is finances have been kind of tight and uh, we've had to tighten the belt up a little bit and uh, not be able to do some of the things that we would like to do. And uh, but uh, it's amazing to see how God provides through it all. And uh, then in the middle of all this, as I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, we had a huge uh, rain and windstorm that uh, came through our area. And uh, as you know, we're in the middle of rainy season right now. And uh, one of our church buildings uh, there in uh, Chazanga uh, was knocked over by the wind. It uh, ripped the roof off the top of it. And when the roof came back down, it knocked the walls down. So pretty much destroyed uh, the entire building. And, you know, I am not here to do everything for our churches. There's no way I can do that. But I immediately begin praying and saying, God, I don't know. I, I wish I had it. I wish I had the money to be able to help this church rebuild 
build. I, I don't have the money, Lord. I, I, I barely have enough uh, this month to be able to uh, carry our family through, and uh, and I just I just don't have it. And and uh, so we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. I asked people uh, to pray about it. And I said, you know, uh, I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just asking you to pray. Pray that God will provide. Pray that God will meet those needs. And uh, and just like always, God. Uh, God comes through. Amen. And uh, he comes through in ways that uh, I would never even imagine. He comes through ways that are beyond my belief. And uh, I thank the Lord that as of the time of this podcast that I am recording today, I am so thankful that God has provided the money that is necessary uh, to rebuild our church there in Chizanga, Chizanga Independent Baptist Church. Uh, Brother Biamakama Meshach is the pastor pastor there. He's pastoring the church. And uh, it was such a blessing to be able to sit down with him and uh, Pastor Sabanja and let them know that God has provided the money. It did not come out of my pocket. It did not come out of my vast amount of resources, uh, but it came because God provided it. And so I want to thank the Lord for Sulphur Springs Baptist Church there in Sulphur Springs, Missouri, and uh, Crossroads Baptist Church in Across uh, uh, in Carthage, Missouri. I'm sorry, Carthage, Tennessee. Uh, sorry about that, Carthage, Tennessee. Uh, Bible Believers Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, uh, as well as Operation Renewed Hope, uh, our ministry that we partner with in medical missions there in North Carolina. Uh, these ones gave uh, sacrificially so that we might be able to help this church to rebuild and uh, get back on its feet uh, after this storm. And uh, again. God is just so amazing, and uh, and I, I just sit back and I say, Lord, it's all because of you. It's not because of me. It's not because of my expertise. It's not because of who I am. It is all because of of Jesus Christ. And so thank you so much for your prayers uh, on that. We've had some great victories this last month, uh, thinking about the medical clinics that I talked about in our last podcast and then the ability to be able to rebuild uh, this uh, this church building uh, there in Chazanga. It is just a blessing. It is amazing to see God work. And I, I just get to be a part of it. Amen. And uh, I just get to sit here and, and uh, be able to take the resources that God gives me and facilitate those things to our different ministries. What a blessing that is. We had another church. Uh, actually, it was Bible Believers Baptist Church as well there in uh, Corpus Christi. It also gave some more money for uh, bags of cement and uh, grateful for that and uh, thank God for uh, for that. And, and and again, as I'm, I'm just sitting here talking, uh, I, I'm thinking... Um, uh, the Rosines. Uh, these are. This is a couple that uh, came with a medical team uh, this past time. The Rosines uh, gave us a hundred dollars for ten bags of cement, and then on top of that, they they uh, they gave us seven hundred dollars uh, for to to use in the ministry. And 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 again, this came. Just, they they had no idea. Uh, the the this financial situation that we were in. We never said a word about it, and yet it was just the right amount of money to be able to supply the needs that were necessary uh, to be able to go up and do our teaching and uh, uh, the food that is necessary to buy for the, the pastors and training up there, the pastor's wives, all that we're trying to do up there at the Barmerdus Baptist Bible Training Center. And uh, once again, it's just, it is a blessing to be able to see God provide to God be the glory 
great things he hath done. God is so good. God is so amazing. And if nothing else comes out of this podcast today, I hope and pray that God gets all the glory. Amen. And uh, to God be the glory. Thank God for his provision. Well, today I want to get back into our book of 1 Thessalonians and uh, continuing on in our verse-by-verse study. We're almost done uh, with uh, chapter 5, which is the final chapter of the book. And uh, we finished uh, in the last time that we talked about uh, Thessalonians, we talked about the day of the Lord, and uh, we talked about how that it comes as a thief in the night. We described what the day of the Lord is, and uh, we assured uh, our listeners, uh, we assured our through the word of God, uh, that the church will have no part in the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a day of wrath. It is a day of anger. It is a day of darkness. It is a day uh, that God is going to pour out his wrath upon mankind for rejecting him and uh, rejecting his son. And uh, so we're not going to go over that again. Uh, we, we settled all that. That was very clear. And uh, so we're going to be going then now into verse number 12. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 12. Now, verse number 12, all the way up to the end of the chapter, uh, Paul gives 16 different admonitions and uh, 16 different things that we are supposed to work on as believers in the church uh, uh, as far as how we're to conduct ourselves and what we're supposed to be doing as a Christian. Uh, You know, it's amazing to me. And, and I've taught you this many times, and, and I've taught our people here. Uh, we I, I thank God for the Old Testament. The Old Testament is there for a reason. It is there for our learning. It is there for our example. But my friend, always remember this. We are no longer under the law. Not one percent, not even a half a percent of the law. There is not one law that we are under as a church. The church was, or the law was given specifically to Israel uh, to govern Israel in their land. Uh, there is no such thing as dividing up the law. Uh, you know, well, we have the civil law, we have the ceremonial law, we have this law, we have that law. The church follows this part of the law. My friend, we are not under any part of the law. The law of Moses, the law of God in the Old Testament was given as a constitution to the nation of Israel that they would know how to conduct themselves in their new land. And uh, that is strictly what the law is all about. Now, we can learn from it, and and we can get examples from it, and the Bible is very clear about that. We're not throwing the Old Testament out. Uh, We can go back and learn from it. But my point is this. You don't need to go back to the law to figure out how you're supposed to live, all right? God has given us the church, the epistles, uh, so that we would be able to know how to conduct ourselves as individuals, as Christians, uh, how to conduct ourselves as the church. We don't need to go back to the Old Testament law to try to figure out how we're supposed to live or not live. Everything that you and I need as a church is in the epistles. We have the gospels, we have the book of Acts as a transition period uh, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But when we start the epistles, the epistles were written specifically to the churches. And uh, that is what you and I need to read and study and make sure that we understand this is the way God wants us to conduct ourselves in this church age. And so as Paul concludes the book of 1 Thessalonians, he gives us 16 different things, just one thing right after another. And 
And uh, we could literally, if we wanted to, we could spend an entire podcast on each one of these things going through there. Uh, but you might get tired of First Thessalonians chapter 5. And so we're not going to spend a podcast on each one, but we're definitely going to be looking at every one of them. And, uh, and we'll just uh, go as the Lord leads. Uh, but I would like to look at the first couple here. Uh, in this podcast today, because this first one has to do with leadership in the church. And uh, it's a very interesting uh, uh, topic here. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 12, he says, and we beseech you brethren. Okay. Again, this is, uh, he's talking to believers. He's talking to church, the church here at Thessalonica. And we beseech you brethren to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. Now, the Bible just simply tells us here very quickly, and again, these are just concluding remarks. This has nothing to do with what he was just talking about, referring to the day of the Lord. He's just, he's he's giving these concluding remarks, kind of almost as a shotgun here. I want you to know this, remember this, do this, do this, do this. And so several things here. And so the first thing that he mentions, the first of these 16 admonitions is to remind us of our responsibility to love and to have high respect and regard for our spiritual leaders. Now, let me just preface this by saying this, all right? And I want to be very clear on this. Pastors are not gods, okay? Pastors are not there to give God's will for your life. That is not what a pastor is for. God never tells a pastor to tell somebody this is God's will for your life, okay? Pastors are given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I think too often uh, we elevate, and, and especially as independent Baptists, uh, we fall into this danger many times of elevating men of God uh, almost to positions uh, of deity, and and uh, they can do no wrong, and and uh, we elevate them to a point where they they cannot be touched. And and here's what we always have to remember. And let me just preface what I'm going to say today by remembering this. The body of Christ is just that. It is the body. We have one head, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, all right? There's only one head. There is no man. There is no organization. There is no uh, company or incorporation uh, that heads up the church, or there should not be, I should say. Uh, Jesus Christ is the head of the church, okay? Now, that means that everyone else, all right, I don't care if you are a pastor of a church that runs 5,000. I don't care if you're a pastor of a church that runs 1,000. I don't care if you're a pastor of a church that runs 100 people. I don't care what kind of pastor you are and how many people you pastor. As a pastor, you are still just as much a part of the body of Christ as anybody else, all right? We are all in the body. None of us are heads over anybody else, okay? Now, God, though, understands that we need authority structure. We need accountability. And so God set up an authority structure within the local church, 
And so God has set up spiritual leaders. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that he gave some apostles and some uh, uh, prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And uh, and so we've got to remember, and we've always got to keep this in mind, especially as pastors, especially as missionaries, we have to understand we are not the authority. We are not the ultimate authority over people's lives. We cannot lift ourselves up and think that we are the almighty ones and everybody else has to fall down. And and and, and listen, we, we struggle with that here in Uganda over and over and over because uh, the term pastor, Pastor here, and 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 sadly, because of uh, the Pentecostal movement, because of the Charismatic movement, uh, these men that call themselves pastors, they literally lift themselves up as deity, and and people have to fall down, and people have to almost get to a point. I'm I'm just being very honest with you today. They almost get to a point where they are worshipped. Uh, in 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 regards to what they do, and my friend, that is absolutely wrong. That is of the devil. Uh, Jesus Christ is the only one to be worshipped. He is the only head of the church. And so that means whether you're a pastor, a layman, a Sunday school teacher, we are all on equal terms with God. Amen. Now, again, we understand this in the home. All right, the husband is on equal terms with the wife, all right? not The husband is not more important to God than the wife, but we understand that God has an authority structure. And so in the home, the Bible says the husband is the head of the wife, not in order that the, not because the husband is better, not because he's more qualified, but simply because God has an authority structure and God expects us to follow that authority structure. The Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. So in the home, when I think of my wife, Sally Jo, I am not more important than her to God. Uh, God does not treat me better than he treats her because I'm a man or because I am the husband. We are on equal footing with God. But when it comes to the authority structure, the accountability in the home, God has placed me as the husband, as the head of the home. It's no different than the church. The the pastor is no more important to God than any church member that is in that local church. We are all on equal footing with God. But God understands that we need authority. God understands that we need structure. God understands that we need uh, accountability. And so God has placed over each local church a man who is the under shepherd. He is the the overseer, if you would. He is the uh, the the spiritual leader of that particular flock of believers. And his job is to minister in the word. His job is to pray. His job is to feed people the word of God. Let's just look at several verses here to show my point. If you go back to Acts and uh, chapter number six, Acts chapter six, uh, you remember there was some uh, problems there in the early church there. The Bible says in Acts chapter six and verse number one, and in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So we have a racial conflict here. We have the Greeks, the, the Gentiles against the Hebrews and the Hebrews' widows are 
being taken care of, but the Greeks' widows are not being taken care of, and so the problem is there. The Bible says in verse number 2, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples and said unto them, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. All right? Now, uh, he said it doesn't make any sense for us who are the spiritual leaders in the church to leave the word of God and serve tables. It doesn't make sense. All right. So God has a structure here. God says, all right, there are people who can do the physical manual work of the ministry that can serve the tables, that can take care of the, the everyday needs of the ministry. But he says the spiritual leader needs to give himself to the word of God. Verse number two, or verse number three, wherefore, brethren, look out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. All right, so this is the importance of a spiritual leader is to have someone in the church that is that is their full-time uh, job, that is their full-time vocation, that is their full-time ministry is to give themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Not everybody can be that. Not everybody can be the pastor. Not everybody can give all of their time to studying the word and prayer. But there ought to be at least one person that we call the pastor who gives himself to prayer and the study of the Word of God. Why? Look over in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, Paul has called for the spiritual leaders of the church. Uh, uh, he sent, uh, he brought them from Ephesus. And once again, notice the Bible says in verse number 28, Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, into all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. So what is the purpose of these spiritual leaders? It is so that they can uh, take care of the flock, feed the flock, oversee the flock, make sure that the flock is properly taken care of. And so once again, these elders, these pastors, they are not more important people than anybody else in the church. They are not on a higher level to God than any other people in the church. They are set aside for that purpose of feeding and overseeing the flock because God is a God of order. God is a God of structure. Uh, look over in First Peter. The book of First Peter and chapter number five. First Peter and chapter number five. We see the same principle mentioned in this particular chapter as well. First Peter chapter five. Notice what he says in verse number one. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also the partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. This is almost an exact replica of what he said back in Acts chapter 20. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's inheritance, but being examples to the flock. And that's what I want to draw your attention to today. Examples 
to the flock. That is the important part here. As a leader, we are not to lead by being a dictator. We are not to lead by being a boss. We are to lead by example. And that is what this portion of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians is going to help us to understand. So he says here, we're not lords over God's heritage. There is only one Lord. There is only one head, and that is Jesus Christ. Neither is being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Look back in 1 Timothy, the book of 1 Timothy. Let me show you another verse there. 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 17. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So these elders, these spiritual leaders, uh, the pastors in the church, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, I'm setting all this up to help us to understand what he is telling us here in 1 Thessalonians. He says, the elders that rule well, the pastors that rule well, the spiritual leaders that rule well, they are to be counted worthy of double honor. You should show them respect. You should show them uh, honor that is due to them, even in a double portion. All right, a double portion of honor. In other words, uh, you respect your boss or you honor a politician or you honor a president, but double honor should be given to the man of God. Now, why is that? Why is it so important to show honor and respect to the man of God? If if he is so, uh, if he is on the same level field as everybody else, if he is part of the body of Christ just like everybody else, why is it important to show him honor? You understand that what the pastor is dealing with on a daily basis is with eternal issues. He is dealing with people. He's dealing with people's eternal souls. Uh, you may be out there and you may be an electrician and you may be a carpenter and you may you may work in a factory. You may do all that kind of stuff. And I thank the Lord uh, that you're working and I thank the Lord that you are earning money for your family and taking care of your family. And with that money, you're able to give to missions and you're able to support your church. I understand all that. But the fact of the matter is the work that you're doing is a temporary work. All right. Uh, the work that you're doing, whatever you're building, whatever you're manufacturing, it's going to fall apart one day and it's going to turn back to dust. And uh, I thank God that you're able to use that to earn a living. But what the work of the pastor is and the work of the spiritual leader is, is eternal work. And if they don't get it right, if they're not laboring well in the Word of God and they're not laboring well in the Scriptures, they can affect the eternal destiny of people. I am always reminded of this as a, as a pastor, as a missionary, that I am here as a pastor. Now, watch this. If you're, if you're listening to me and you're a pastor today, uh, you need to understand the gravity of what I'm about ready to say. And, and you guys that are not pastors, but you're laymen or you're members of a church, you need to understand why it is important to give honor to this one who is laboring in the word and in the ministry and in prayer. Because listen to me, as a pastor, you are preparing people for the judgment seat of Christ. What you encourage them to do and what you encourage them not to do and how you lead them is going to greatly affect their position at the judgment seat of Christ, the rewards that they will receive at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that you are going to 
Uh, I'm not saying you're going to stand up there and because of what they did or what they did not do that you're going to be held accountable for that. No, I'm not saying that every man is going to give an account for himself to God. But the way I lead and the way I preach and the way I pray and all of these things, the way I lead by example is going to have a, a, a direct effect upon how people live their lives and how they will be in their standing before the judgment seat of Christ when God gives his rewards for how we have served him. So this is a very, very serious thing. Now, so having said all that, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's quickly at these verses before we finish up for the day. The Bible says there in verse number 12, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So notice a couple things here. First of all, there are people that are over us spiritually. There are people that are over us spiritually. Uh, I am very, uh, I get very annoyed with people that say, well, I, I don't need a pastor and I, I don't need a church. I don't need somebody telling me what to do. No, God has put people over you. All right. God has put people over you so that you will be made accountable for what you do. All right. Now, those people can't make you do anything. They are not a dictator. They are not a boss. They are not any of that. But you and I need accountability. And so the first thing we need to understand is that when God sets men in the church, spiritual leaders, pastors, he puts them over us. Okay, he, they are the overseer, the Bible has mentioned many times uh, here in the New Testament. Uh, go quickly, real quick, I, I left off this verse, but there, there's so many verses we could look at. Uh, but look in Hebrews chapter uh, 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And, and again, he he noticed, he he mentions this again, Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 7. Remember them who have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. All right? So God has placed men over us, and we are to remember them. They have their responsibilities to feed us, their responsibilities to give us the word of God. Look in verse number 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Now, I as a pastor am not going to give an account for my people, but I am going to give an account for how I led my people. All right. That is my work as a pastor. That is my work as a missionary. And I'm going to give an account for that. And so I better do it in the right way. It is not a joke to be a pastor. It is not a joke to be a missionary. It is not a joke to be a spiritual leader. You are influencing and preparing people to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, so the Bible says back in First Thessalonians, he says, for God, or I'm sorry, verse number 12, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you. So the first thing to understand is we need people over us. All right. I need a pastor. There is, listen to me very carefully. There is no pastor in this world that is so spiritual that he does not need a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. 
Every pastor needs someone over them that they are accountable to. The problem is in our world today, we have elevated pastors so much to where uh, you, you, you've got some pastors where they are almost the Supreme Court of Independent Baptists, where they think that they are the final say in everything. And I'm just telling you today, every single one of us, every pastor needs a pastor. So he says, we beseech you, brethren, know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Now, notice he says, which labor among you. Remember, he says in 1 Peter chapter 5, he says, we are to lead by example. A pastor that will tell his people to go soul winning but won't go himself is not leading by example. A pastor that says, hey, there's a work day. We need you to come and work in the church, but he doesn't show up for work is not leading by example. The Bible says that a leader that is over you is to be working among you, not over you, among you, with you. All right. That's what a pastor is all about. A pastor is all about working with his people, associating with his people, building relationships with his people. And again, I have seen this many times in our independent Baptist circles where we elevate pastors almost to a deity uh, level and there is no association. It's like the pastors over here and the lay people over here, the churches over here. And, and it, it almost becomes like that, uh, the, like the Nicolaitans where you have this hierarchical uh, level where the people cannot attain uh, to the level of the pastor and the pastor will never submit himself and be down with the people. I've even been in churches before uh, uh, where the pastor, I mean, uh, he, he comes in after the singing has started and before the invitation is done, he's gone. I mean, he never does he associate with the people. Never does he get down with the people and work among them and labor among them. I, I'm just saying today, the pastors that we need to be following, the pastors that we need to be honoring, yes, they're over us, but they are also among us. They're over us, but they are also among us. He says, we beseech you, Brethren, know them which labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you. And here's what our responsibility is, to esteem them very highly in love. Why? For their work's sake. You know, sadly, uh, it is, you know, you, you've heard the joke many times, you know, I lost my job or I didn't have any work to do, so I became a pastor or I became a missionary. And, and, and sadly, that is true in so many cases. You know, we, we pastors, they, you know, you get some pastors out there and, and uh, you know, they're very quick to talk about their golf game and they're very quick to talk about their sports uh, things that they've done or that they're involved in. And, uh, but, but what about the souls being saved? And what about the people being discipled? And what about the lives being changed? It, it's, it's as if pastors, you know, get together and their job is to just throw together a sermon on Saturday for Sunday and and the rest of the time is just play time. The rest of the time is just me time. No, the Bible says that for their work's sake, and that's a very important thing there. I am to honor my pastor for his work's sake. What he is doing for God, what he is accomplishing, the time he spends in the word, the time he spends in prayer, the time he spends working and laboring with God's people. That's what this is all about. It's for the work's sake. I am to honor for the work's sake. I'm not to honor the man. The man is no different than me. 
The man is no more important to God than me, but I am to honor him and I am to respect him for the work's sake. He has a very high responsibility, a very high uh, job that he is doing in dealing with people's souls, in dealing with eternity. Now that word esteem there, esteem them very highly. It means to set with high value, to regard with reverence, to respect, to respect. I thank God for my pastor. I, I love my pastor. He, he is one of my best friends. And, and I thank God for the work that he does. And he labors in the ministry. He labors in the word. He labors in prayer. He labors for souls. He labors in soul winning. And my respect for my pastor is higher than any government official. My respect for my pastor is higher uh, than, 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 than any boss that I've ever had, than anybody. My respect for him is out of sight. And the reason that I respect him so much is not for who he is. He is a man like me. He and I are part of the body of Christ. Just together we are, God looks at us both the very same, but I respect him for his work's sake. I honor him for his work's sake. I love him for his work's sake. He leads by example. He feeds. He leads the church. He directs the church. He administrates the church. And that work is, it is important for me then when he is doing that for me and helping me and preparing me for one day to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I need to show him the honor and the respect that he deserves. And that's why the Bible says in Timothy that we just read, he says, they that labor in the word, they that rule well are worthy of double honor, of worthy of double honor. I hope and pray. I, I don't know who's listening to this podcast. I don't know who your pastor is, but, but I hope that you're not just honoring him because of his position. All right. God never says honor a pastor because of his position. The Bible says honor him for his work's sake. Every one of us have the same position. We are all part of the body of Christ. But God has given men in our church, elders, he's given pastors, he's given these men in our church that spiritual responsibility to lead people, to guide people, to help people, to grow in the Lord and to prepare them to one day stand before God. And because of that, we need to highly honor them. We need to highly esteem them. Why? For the work's sake. For the work's sake. Amen? Well, what a blessing that is. Amen? I hope that encourages you as a believer. Again, as you serve in your local church, thank God for your pastor. You ought to, you ought to Anytime you get a chance, take your pastor out to eat. Uh, give your pastor a, a gift card or, or, or just, if nothing else, just when you talk to him or send him a text, say, Pastor, thank you for the work that you're doing for God. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our church. Thank you for the work that you're doing in my life and helping me to be what I need to be so that I am prepared to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. And I'm telling you, if you'll have the pastor that will labor 
among you and lead you by example, I'm telling you, you'll have a pastor that will help you to always abound in the work of the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you so much once again for tuning in today. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I hope and pray that as a result of this podcast and other podcasts before this, I hope and pray that we'd be able to encourage you uh, to take a fresh look at your spiritual life, to take a fresh look at the work that you're doing for God. And I hope and pray that we've been able to encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. If you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Every Friday, uh, we upload a new podcast for your encouragement. And I hope that uh, you've already subscribed to that so that every Friday on your device, uh, a new podcast comes up and hopefully we can be an encouragement to you. If you know family and friends that might be able to be encouraged by this podcast as well, uh, please send them the link to it so that they also might listen to it. And uh, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you that pray for our ministry here in Uganda and all of you that send financial support uh, without you, without your help, uh, we would not be able to do the work that God has called us to do here. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. Well, until next time, God bless you so much. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next Friday. Have a great day. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.